Welcome to Welcome to Primetime, a show covering the Freddy Krueger-hosted anthology series, Freddy's Nightmares, one episode at a time. I'm Brennan Klein. Every episode is brought to you by donations from listeners like you who donated to the Okra Project. Donations are now closed, so thank you so much to everybody who contributed. This week's patron is Ben Altman. Our guest, straight from the Kill by Kill podcast, it's Gina Radcliffe. Welcome to the show, Gina. Hello! <laughs> and I'm sorry, Gina. <laughs> I, you know, I'll, it's gonna be some time. Yeah, it'll, it'll, I'll, I'll be all right. I just need to, to think a while on, on, on what I've just watched. Approximately five minutes before we started recording. Oh my god. Well, um, thank you, by the way. <laughs> um, but imagine watching like thirty of these before doing these two. Good heavens, my, my lord. It's uh, it's been a wild time, Gina. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but before we get into that. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about Kill by Kill, even though we know they're already listening. But let's let's do the formalities. Um, yes, I am the co-host of the Kill by Kill podcast now in its fourth fabulous year. Uh, <laughs> I think I think my co-host Patrick has already been on the sh- on your show. I yes, he, he has, has earlier in the season. Okay, I assuming he got a better episode than I did. I doubt it. <laughs> But we, uh, but we talk about horror movies, uh, focusing on the characters and uh, little background details. Uh, we have worked our way through the Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street series in their entirety. And now we're kind of more just focusing on uh, singular movies. Some recent movies we have covered have been, um, uh, we covered Fade to Black. Uh, by the time we, by the time this probably goes live, we, we have talked about, um, Blood Rage, which Ooh, is, yes, I can't wait. Which is a real, uh, real, real oddity of a slasher movie. I've, I've been thinking about it ever since watching it. I'm like, you know, what I think I kind of actually liked it after all. Um, oh yeah, and we've we've in on multiple episodes we have compared characters to Louise Lasser in Blood Rage. Like she's so iconic in that movie. Oh yeah, yeah, she makes the whole movie. She she truly does. You, you think it's the lead actor's cheekbones that really make the whole movie? <laughs> but no, it, it's Louise. It really is. Oh yeah, and I, I I am so excited to hear that I've been seeing the 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 Instagram buzz building around. <laughs> um but yes, Kill by Kill, check it out. Um, yes, sorry. Um, we're here to talk about season two, episode 13, what you don't know can kill you. Original air date, January 7th, 1990. We've, we've, we've rolled over the horn into the nineties, which is not a place where Freddy really belonged. No, no, no. Yeah. I mean, look, I, new nightmare. Yes. A masterpiece, but that's, that's not, we're, that's not the Freddy we're dealing with right now. <laughs> Um, here's what you could have watched in theaters instead that weekend. Literally nothing. Um, yeah, this, that... is, this is, this is when, like, the, this is still the period when, like, basically January to March was still, like, just, like, a dead zone for, for movies in general. Not even just horror movies, movies in general. Yeah, I mean, and, and that, that, that's still true, um, in the modern age, but there's just so many more movies that people make. Um, but just, could you imagine? Just there's nothing. Not even the Bye Bye Man. <laughs> Not even Doolittle. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. See, that's what that is for. Um, we have the writer and director of this episode have done a bunch of these already, so we need to get into them. It's Jonathan Glasner and Ken Wiederhorn, who I do like, but we've talked about him. Um, the cast here, 
as Mrs. Lowe, we have Rosalind Allen. Um, according to her IMDb, she is best known for playing the the It Girl on the Marine Biologist episode of Seinfeld, if that means anything to you. <laughs> um, and, like, yeah, this is not a diss on Seinfeld. I just have I'm not, you know, I have not watched every episode 13 times, so I'm like, that means nothing to me. Um, but as, as a, uh, the police officer, we have Michael Gregory, who has had small parts in RoboCop and Beverly Hills Cop, so he's typecast, apparently. And then as Helen, we have Rochelle Carson, who played Graham's stepmom in But I'm a Cheerleader, which is maybe the lesbian text. Like, it's such a good movie. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly an upgrade from this. <laughs> as far oh, as acting, yes. acting jobs go, go, go. Yeah, maybe, yeah, probably similar budgets, but way better <laughs> uh, product. Okay, but before we get into the main plot and commentary, Gina, I know... You do write a lot about 70s and 80s television, in, or you have written a lot about it in your time. Yes. Has Freddy's Nightmares ever crossed your desk before? You know, it, it hasn't, but, but I mean, I, I, I remember, I don't think I actually watched it. I, I would have been in my late teens when it came out. I definitely watched the Friday the 13th show. Uh, which, mm. which, like this, ultimately didn't really have much to do with the... Uh, with the with the original movies that it came from, well, I should say Friday Thirteenth had nothing to do with, oh, with yeah. the uh, with the with the movies. You know, Freddy Freddy is at least you know kind of the crypt keeper in this. Uh, I know there are some episodes where he was he was actually in them, but more yeah, often does... than not, more often than not, he just kind of you know introduces them and you know comes up with like, you know a, a, a quippy remark about them at the beginning or the end. Although although he didn't even, he isn't even trying in in, in the, the second episode that I watched as far as with the, the wisecracks. He's just as tired as the audience is by that point. Well, um, you're, you're lucky he was trying in one of the episodes. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, you know, I, I never thought to, to get into this, but I, now I feel like I should like really, but then I have to watch all of them and, and God bless you for, for, for getting this far. Gina, it's, uh, it's, it's been a, a bit of a nightmare. Um, <laughs> Not I the one they wanted you to have. Yeah. I, I, I should have thought ahead of time that maybe doing this twice a week was not the best idea. <laughs> but, you know, let bygones be, be bygones, water under the bridge. We're in the back half of season two. It'll be fine. <laughs> um, into this episode, this season especially, has been very horny. Oh God, yeah. I, I, every particularly. Uh, well, I, I keep forgetting we're doing separate episodes. Like every you, you scene, to, every always... scene, like the second one, the one with Mary Crosby in it. Every scene to me is going to go into pornography. It, it just got that like very soft core kind of cheap lighting and like everybody's just kind of handsy with each other and, and there's you know saxophone music. <laughs> It's like very, very like 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 a silk stockings type show, and it's like, isn't this supposed to be horror? Yeah, um, I don't, I don't. I mean, it's not that the other episodes weren't horny. Um, like that's definitely a facet of the show. Um, you know, people are constantly dreaming about like ladies in their underwear and whatever. You know, it happens. Um. But this season has really gone for it, and in that really late 80s way of just pure, despicable chicanery. <laughs> um, 
Let's see if they ever if they ever do a DVD release, which they may have. But if they ever do another one, that that's going to be the full quote. Pull pure despicable chicanery, Brennan Klein. <laughs> Look, I will, I will, I will do it because no one else is talking about this show. Um, and for the record, no, it has not received a DVD release. What well, what a shame! I know we're really we're all missing out. I have I have to ask though. I noticed that because uh, I was looking at the Wikipedia page and and a name a guest star name jumped right out at me. Oh yeah, which one? Uh, Brad Pitt. Yes, he... I assume you covered that episode because that was a season one episode, right? Yes, that was a season one episode. We had BJ Colangelo on for that episode. Um, he is good. The episode is not. <laughs> yeah, no, see, that's, that's the thing. Like, it, you know, in this one, it is not good. And the actors are not good either. Particularly, particularly this one. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Find your center. Um... <laughs> It opens on a psychiatrist who has been experimenting with hypnotherapy. Um, for some reason, while he's doing this, there is a weird coyote bird sound effect. Like, they are at the lake at Camp Crystal Lake. So that's <laughs> happening. Um, and I, uh, coyote birds, for the record, are the ones that go like, Whoa! <laughs> um, But yeah, so Mrs. Lowe is his patient. And she feels so ugly. Her self-esteem is down the toilet because her husband no longer finds her attractive. So he hypnotizes her to think that he's her husband and then makes a move on her and would would have fully fully had sex with her if another doctor hadn't walked in. And that's how we're opening an episode. <laughs> um it's it's a lot. Yeah. He he's like giggling with glee like a child on Christmas morning. Um his name is Stuart by the way. Um the, uh, I just the waves of revulsion. Yeah, up and, my and spine. I, I was kind of alternating between just being absolutely repulsed by this guy and just and appalled by the writer's idea of how they think hypnotism works. <laughs> no, it's none of it's good, is it? No, no, and, and it's such a cliche like that you could hypnotize someone into killing someone, and there's never been. I don't know. I I have to imagine there there. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but there must be a movie that kind of started that stereotype, and it's just one we cannot shake. That you can that you can hypnotize people into doing things, and and you really you, you can't. You the, the whole thing with the well, you know, you hypnotize someone into you know losing weight or stopping smoking. That's I mean I don't personally believe it I, you know i believe that might be possible but you know i you're going to put plant a gun in your hand you're going to shoot somebody and then when you wake up you're not going to remember it's like no that's not how hypnotism works well i mean i think i think the, this episode does posit that it's that it is not a foolproof system at least <laughs> no no it is not um but yeah, so the doctor gets caught he basically you know buttoning his pants goes out into the hallway and talks to his colleague he's like Look, man, it's not what you think it is. And he's like, I know what it is. You were raping that woman. And I was very surprised that this extremely 80s, like, heteronormative show actually called it what it was. Well, um, yes, that, that's true. That, that is true. So, obviously, like, the, the, this show is very horny, usually in a gross way, and also loves to make the protagonists these really despicable people. And look, that, that happens in a Tales from the Crypt thing. You know, people get their comeuppance and all that stuff. Um, but it, it was nice that they at least 
acknowledged the extreme non-consensualness of all of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, it's, it's a whole thing. Anyway, Freddy shows up. He's doing a little hypnotist bit. He has, like, a pocket watch that he's swinging. And he's like, when you wake, you will love Freddy. Desire Freddy. Go to the grave for Freddy. And then he smashes the watch because he loves, he loves to break things. He's, he's a toddler. <laughs> And another thing about the horniness of this season, Freddy is constantly coming on to us. Oh yeah, yeah. He's like he's like making like sex eyes at the at the camera. And like oh, you want you know you want me, baby. <laughs> and it's like Freddy, come on now, tone it down a little bit. Yeah, he's 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 really at this point. You know, he's trying to use his notoriety. He's on a network show. He's just he's just trying to pull it in. You know. <laughs> Anyway, we, we cut away to two characters with the best names, Derby Brown and Dr. Helen Veneer. Yeah, Derby. I'm like, where? <laughs> but yeah, they are in bed together. Derby um, Brown, the dyslexic accountant. <laughs> which is just like... <laughs> who has a jawbreaker in his hotel room bed after sex. It just rolled around his bed. <laughs> I mean, I, I get that the the reference to him being dyslexic. That, okay, it's it's stupid, especially you'd be if you're an accountant, you probably should, you know if you're dyslexic, you probably shouldn't be an accountant. But or, like, or if he's dyslexic and accountant, he's clearly found a way to make it work. Yeah, I mean that at least at least it's, it's dumb, but at least they they it's like they have a callback to it later. But they never explained the thing with the jawbreaker rolling around their bed. No, I just assumed he was maybe a closet meth head or something. Yeah, like, I, I guess it's something just a weird character quirk. And it's like, oh, okay. Kind of like, uh, again, to go back to uh, uh, Fade to Black, there's a scene where uh, Tim Thomerson's character is in bed with a woman and he just pulls out a box of Ritz crackers, like just between the sheets. Like they were, like he had himself a snack. <laughs> Right there, and it's just like what a bizarre little thing to to you know, to 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 flesh out a character, but yeah, he it's yeah Derby Derby Brown, our hero, the Jawbreaker King. Yes, the Jawbreaker King, the 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 the, the recipient of some very high tech laser surgery that evidently anybody can perform. <laughs> oh my God! Well, we will we will get there. Um, but she's like, you smoke too much. I can't marry a man who smokes as much as you do. And then he's like, well, you're still married to someone else. You got to get that divorce you've been talking about. Um, yeah, the, oh, oh, yeah. The, the expository dialogue in, 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 in the show. It's, it's so good. It's, it's so subtle. And it just really, really sounds the way people actually talk. Oh, yeah. Like, well, my lover, who is dysle <laughs> dyslexic and an accountant. <laughs> like as you know um i am married <laughs> and then he's like yes dr helen veneer and then this is the part that I actually wrote down he's like you're still sleeping with your husband and she's like but i don't enjoy it <laughs> yeah that doesn't come to anything like you like you, you keep thinking that like the your husband is going to to play a part and nope he just he's forgotten like the jawbreaker yeah and Derby Derby Brown is a fascinating character. He moved to Springwood for Dr. Helen Veneer. Um, before they are even like officially together, it's a uh, 
That's a that's a that's a trust fall if there is one. Oh yeah, yeah. Um okay, so now it's hard to tell who really is the protagonist of this episode because now we're back to the doctor guy, Stuart. He has a dream that Mrs. Lowe shows up and she's all horny for him and then of course it's a dream because why would she be? Um oh and then also she wants to like cut off his dick with clippers or something because <laughs> Freud. <laughs> Um, okay, so he sees her in the hallway talking to the other doctor, the the doctor who has an actual conscience and heart, even though he has not reported this, like, really horrible act. He, he, he has to think about it. Yeah, he's like, look, we've worked together a long time. I gotta, I gotta sleep on it. I watched you assaulting a patient, but we do sit next to each other at lunch, so... <laughs> I got some laundry to fold, I got some things I need to take care of, then maybe tomorrow... I'll consider whether or not I should report you. <laughs> he's so kind. Um, but yeah, so Stuart sees her talking to the doctor, and he's like, well, I've been had. So he just opens her file and writes deceased on it as if that would do anything. <laughs> it's like he's, it's like he's, he's like casting a spell. <laughs> and it, you know he set an intention. He put it on his vision board. <laughs> and then he's like, well, I can't do it. Maybe I can get someone else to do it. Q Derby Brown, the dyslexic CPA. <laughs> um, he shows up to, you know, not t to stop smoking. He gets hypnotized to become a perfect assassin. Um, so he shows up at Dr. No, that's I, I just always want to say Dr. Helen Veneer's name, but it's Mrs. Lowe um, at her hotel room where she's staying. Yes, yeah, she says she she has she for some reason had moved into a hotel because her husband finds her no longer no longer finds her attractive, and I'm like, hmm, okay, I guess. Look, my self when my self esteem is low, I gotta get out. I gotta go to the Motel Six. I gotta work <laughs> it out. Um, and so literally, he's being the creepiest. He has like a pair of pantyhose in his hands, like stretched out in perfect strangling position. And she's like, well, what are you up to? And he kind of like... <laughs> he does a whole look over there kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And it's not even good. He just like kind of jerks his chin in that direction. Like, look at that. And she just turns around and he strangles her. <laughs> what did she think was there? <laughs> um, it's it's great. Um, Derby does come to the doctor. He's like, I'm pretty sure I killed a lady in my hotel. And he's like, no, you're fine. Time for more hypnosis. You should shoot this doctor that I work with, too, because he also knows. Um, he's in room 243. Um, of course, when the camera pans to Stuart's office, um, well, whatever. Sorry. Um, basically, Stuart's in room 324. So apparently they're on different floors, even though there's no... We're not using an elevator in between these. <laughs> um he mixes up which room he's supposed to go in. He just knows he's supposed to go into room 243 and shoot the man inside. And he ends up shooting the doctor. Bum, bum, bum. Um, he he has these like hypnotic safe word things where he's like, when I say hocus pocus, you will stop being hypnotized. But he accidentally said the wrong one, which is, and then he got shot, which I thought was kind of hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, kind of treat like a sort of thing yeah it, it's very it is a comic punchline more than it is a you know comeuppance but i'm glad he's dead yes oh absolutely yes 
Um, Freddy shows up. He's like, when I count to three, you won't remember a thing, except that you'll want to turn to this channel this night every week, which I think is maybe the best joke he's ever done. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly better than I closed out the, the, the next episode. <sighs> yes. I... If if I had thought ahead, I would have a full ranking of like all of his terrible interstitials, but I don't. <laughs> um, okay, so now we're back in the hospital. Apparently, Doctor Helen Veneer does work in this hospital, which actually makes sense as to why she'd know this hypnotherapist guy. But I want to know what she does. I actually, I guess we find out she does laser plastic surgery. <laughs> yeah, it just it, she, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> This plot twist is just like, like, my jaw fell open. This show is not afraid to go there. It doesn't know where there is, but it's going to go there. <laughs> it's not afraid to go there. It doesn't tell the audience where it is, but it's not afraid to go there. Yeah, it's gone, and you can't find it. <laughs> um, yeah, so the cops come into a hospital room where she's working, looking for their suspect, which is Derby. Um, but he is, like in the bed with an oxygen mask on disguised as a patient and they're like phew um freddy shows up again he's like heart rate oh no he's like fooled ya my heart stopped years ago because he's like you know like doing a i can't think of the word that's why i skipped it the defib no the heart monitor heart rate monitor it's doing the, the thing where he's dead whatever <laughs> but then he's like my heart stopped years ago playing alive he's barely alive playing when i get through with him <laughs> He's going to be playing dead. It's like, ooh, don't break a sweat there, Freddy. <laughs> yeah, this is one that's of those a, that is mangling. Ones. I was going to say, that is, that is mangling some, a play on words there. Is he trying to do the staying alive thing where you're, like, giving someone CPR? I couldn't tell where he got that. I don't, I do not know. I okay. do not know. It's a mystery. <laughs> um, So basically the police have like locked down this hospital and like every cop in the state is looking for you. And I'm like, why was this doctor? He shot really important. <laughs> like, why does anyone care? I mean, I know obviously the police will investigate an armed murder, but every cop in the state. Well, here's the thing. Like, like she says, Oh, I found you like despondent. And somehow she knew that she should take him into the hospital and, and disguise him as a patient. Without like so, somehow she somehow she already knew what happened, but then again is it, but then is asking him what happened. <sighs> Doctor Helen Veneer is a very smart woman. She has a doctorate, um, but she's forgetful, I guess. <laughs> um, but she does remember uh, this article she read in a medical journal about laser plastic surgery that they're doing in Sweden or something that apparently can be done in one day. In maybe 12 minutes, I think, is about how long it takes. <laughs> and with, with, with no healing, no scarring, it's just perfect. Apparently, I, I had no idea. If I, I mean, I was a very awkward teenager. If I'd known that this, this, this technology existed at the time, where you just simply pick out a picture of someone in the magazine, as long as it vaguely matches your bone structure, you can, you can, you can be made to look like them. I mean, I would have had so much an easier time. Yeah, I mean, really, the people who wrote this episode need to release that patent. Like, I, I, yeah. we, they'd make a lot of money. Um, but yeah, so she's like, yeah, just pick out a face from this newspaper because I need to see the face to make it. Um, the headline on the newspaper does say, Elvis dies again in Spanish. 
<laughs> They're really getting the most mileage out of that one. Actually, I think because there was an Elvis sighting episode of the show that I believe your co-host Patrick was on. So ask him about that. It's a perfect callback. Woo. Um, yeah, so he picks a he, he picks a face and he picks one and he's like, yeah, this guy's you know looks good. And she's like, I don't know. Don't you want a cute nose like this guy? And she points at a guy that looks like John Lovitz. And no offense, <laughs> but but his yeah. pick was better. Yeah, she's all like she's all look at like we like, like found a picture of like you know a, I'm trying to think who would have been a big star at the time like like uh, like Patrick Swayze or so. She's like, don't you want to look like? Him. <laughs> it's just some dude. Yeah, this random, like, kind of schlubby. It, well, like, it's 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 derby with facial putty on and a slight tan to look Italian. But, um, yeah. So she just picks this random dude. They don't read the article. Um, they cut to. They're taking off the bandages, and he has a new face. And again, I would like to know. Whose insurance is paying for this? He has a new face, and she's, oh, I tightened your vocal cords. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> she's like casually like, I tightened your vocal cords. So now we know what, now we don't have to spend money on getting, on, on getting you to, the other actor to, to you know, loop, his, loop his voice in with this actor. Yeah, and it's just like. What what else did you do while we were in there? It's like I gave you a vasectomy, I polished your <laughs> nail beds, like Usually you ask first before And she's like and she's like making it sound like like that she did like in her office. <laughs> and I mean like I, I you know, I I know these these shows aren't supposed to be like serious or anything like that. But like, you know, when you get like, you know, plastic surgery, any kind of plastic surgery, you're gonna your face basically looks like a turnip for a couple weeks. Yeah, and 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 he's just fine. He, he's he's way by a different actor now, and 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 you know, and, and it, there's no scarring, which is crazy, which is wild to me. And you know, oh, okay, you changed my voice. That's fine. I guess I'll learn to live with it. Well, look, he's 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 on the run for this hypnotism murder. And look, would you believe him if he was like, I was hypnotized into murdering two people? <laughs> I mean, I'm not quite sure why he just doesn't, you know, grow a mustache and beard and leave town like most people would do. Well, no, because uh, cause there's every cop in the state, Gina. Yeah, but he had to leave the state. That's a great point. I mean, do you think, you think you know, they're, 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 they're going to comb the entire country for, you know, you know, one sex pest doctor's murder? <laughs> yeah, they'll give up eventually. Although um, I guess he, I guess he's, I guess the be he, they want to pin him for the the the, uh, the lady at the hotel though too. That that's probably true. Yeah, I mean he definitely did that, but but you know, not under, not under duress, not, not under his own uh, actions. Yeah, I think you could at least plead insanity or something, um, but fine. You know, he gets the laser plastic surgery. That's why there's no swelling. It's that new system. Um, yeah, it's Swedish. Yeah. <laughs> But very, finally, they're very, an, they're, yeah. they're very anti-scarring society. I, I mean, yeah, they're notoriously beautiful, right? <laughs> um, so now someone finally decides to read the magazine article, which is about a mob hitman who just turned state's evidence. I love how, and I love how the 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 uh, the doctor Helen Veneer is like, oh, I guess we should have read the headline. Whoops. <laughs> It's like, well, don't worry about it. She had to stare at that page for potentially hours to get all the delicate bone structure right. And she didn't think to look up once. 
Um, yeah, and wouldn't you know it, the hotel where they're hiding out is also the hotel where they're keeping the actual monster Only, ho- only hotel in town. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's Springwood. It's a small town. Um, with, like, 18 hospitals and a TV studio and whatever they have in all these other episodes. Um, but, yeah, so... Basically, they're, like, hiding out. Like, the this mob guy is with these two detectives, and they're playing cards, and he cheats at cards. Um, but they decide to get maid service to come in and clean, and he calls down. He's like, oh, this is Detective Sipperling in room 265. And I'm like, did you have to announce your title? Aren't you being incognito? <laughs> yeah, right? Seriously. Yeah, um, they, don't, they, don't, they don't know how hypnotism works. They don't know how witness protection works. Not at all. Um, but there's a different mob hitman who has been sent to kill this actual hitman and thinks that, you know, Derby is the hitman. So he's trying to shoot him really poorly in the hotel hallway. He's the worst shot. Oh, yeah. That's also something that they reference several times. And then you know, it sort of comes back in a really dumb manner at the end. Oh, yes, it does. Yeah, he, he was trained at the uh, the Stormtrooper Academy for sharpshooting. <laughs> um, but also he seems to be shooting... A BB gun because he just keeps breaking these flower pots, <laughs> um, and it's not that loud. Um, basically, I don't know, a whole bunch of dumb shit. There's a there, he has a dream about being caught again, and then there's like three more dreams about him being shot, and then Helen is like trapped by the assassin, and it just keeps going. Um, but yeah, so basically Helen's finally like. Well, why don't we just help them murder him? Because if they succeed in killing him, your problems will be over. <laughs> yeah, Helen's kind of like, you know, yeah, I'm all right with some dead people. Helen is that bitch. Um, she is by your side, ride or die. <laughs> and then she's just like, he's a killer, right? He probably got it coming. It's very Hippocratic of her. Yeah, which is why I was surprised that, like, you know, her husband doesn't. Yeah, you know, somehow come in, come into play at some point, but he does it. He never does. I'm yeah. I'm curious. I want to know what what his life is about. What's he up to? <laughs> I mean, initially I thought that the husband was going to be the like the doctor or something. Like, nope. He just he does not exist as a character. No, he's just he's in the liminal space of plot lines that could have been and might have been better. Um. But yeah, so they just they call one of the cops downstairs, and then they distract the other cop by shooting a gun into the ceiling, which is a stupid plan. Um, and so he ends up like running into the hotel room where the mobster guy is. So the assassin chases him. He hides in the closet. So now the assassin sees the actual mobster guy, and they have this whole conversation where he's like, "You know, aren't we friends?" And the assassin's like, "We're friends." That's nice. I always wanted to be your friend. <laughs> um, which seemed, I think it was meant to be sarcastic, but seemed very genuine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he seemed, like, absolutely delighted that uh, that this guy wanted to be his friend. Yeah. But he's like, I still got to kill you, though. Um, and there, so the mobster is standing in front of the closet door where Derby is hiding. Derby is also standing. Um, and as the mobster gets shot, the bullets are passing through him into derby because derby just didn't think to move or to i was gonna down. say yeah derby doesn't duck derby doesn't like it, it, it's a regular like walk-in closet 
So he has plenty of room to 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 dodge out of the way. But no, he just stands there, pep, pep, pep. <laughs> just doesn't so get pet just doesn't so get get the pinged with bullets a few times. Well, I don't know. Maybe Dr. Helen Veneer, when she was tightening his vocal cords, also removed half his brain or something. <laughs> he just didn't think about it. I don't think he had a lot to work with in the first place, let's be honest. That's fair. Um, but yeah, so he's dead. That's his. Everyone gets their comeuppance, I guess. Um, and then Freddy's like, plastic surgery? Should I get some? Why mess with perfection? <laughs> yep, just continues to be into himself. Good for you, Freddy. Yeah, it's a very, uh, this very. Freddy's feeling himself. He's very, he's very pleased with himself in these episodes. Yeah, he his self esteem is high, so he doesn't have to move out to a hotel. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have to be hypnotized to be told that he's sexy. Dear Lord. <laughs> um, okay, Gina. So, what are your final thoughts on this episode? Was it a dream? Was it a nightmare? Or did it put you to sleep? Um. I think this one it, it, it kind of it, it, it put me to sleep because it's just like it it wasn't now I don't again I never watched the show so I don't know if any of them were ever even trying to be anything close to, to horror but it's it's very it wants to be campy and and it's just I don't know it, it just really because we so it, it <laughs> yes I, I think I think it really lost me with the whole you know oh I heard this laser surgery you know, the procedure in Sweden that anybody can do. We just need to like you know read an article, magazine article about it, and it's you know I I think it's trying to be funny. It's trying to be a a, a you know a you know, morality tale of I mean and what again you think about it. I mean, what exactly is Derby being punished for? I mean, yeah, he's sleeping with another man's wife, but I mean that's not really the worst possible thing. Yeah, and the man that doesn't person exist. could be doing. Yeah, I mean, we never see it. We don't know if he knows about the affair, what kind of impact it has on him. You know, it, it doesn't really matter. And as you know, as you say, a lot. You know, most of the characters, most of the protagonists in these episodes are are bad people. And I, I feel like Helen Veneer is kind of, you know, a secret villain in this. Like, she's just like, you know, well, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to just basically change your entire face because that'll be easier because I, I can't leave town with you, my husband. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Helen which Veneer... I assume, which I assume is her is her reasoning for why he can't simply just you know grow a beard and leave town. You know, it's it's no, we got to do this instead. Like change your entire face. I don't know that she's evil, but she's definitely chaotic neutral. Yeah, and then it's like, well, I'm just gonna knock this cop out. We're gonna set up this other guy to get killed, and it's just like. You know, everybody in the show that the, with these two episodes I've seen are extremely comfortable with killing people. <laughs> like, like nobody ever actually gets freaked out by the idea of, of murdering people. It's just, well, this is what I got to do. Be a black poison, bang, handgun, you know, I mean, just, and, and there's no remorse. There's no, like... Yeah, you know, my God, what have I done? It's just like, yeah, sure. It's very common to just kill people when you need to, you know, get someone out of the way. Yeah, and there's not even a, a weighing of options where it's like, oh, or I could. Like, nope, we're killing. Right, 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 right. I mean, and the next one is even even worse than that, that, that when it comes to that. 
And we will <laughs> we will come to that. But yes, it is. Um, yeah, my final thoughts on this one, I'd say it's a nightmare. I just, oh, just the opening scene really got me down and nothing got me back from that. Um, it's, it's, it's very grim. I, I do love the sheer stupidity of he has the face of a mob person because of laser plastic surgery. Um, yeah, not only that he does, he has, he has that face because they didn't bother reading a newspaper article. They, 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 they just didn't bother checking out who this person was. And if they have, a, and if they would have a problem, you know, having his face, you know, Stupid is as stupid does, and stupid is murder in this show. <laughs> um, but yeah, and what you were saying about them not all being horror, that is true. But um, a lot of the other episodes do try to at least go for horror in some way. But especially in this season, in addition to being the horny season, this is very much a season where they're paying a lot of homage to kind of crime thriller genres. Yeah, um, like I said, it, it feels like a lot like the show uh, Silk Stockings. Yes, much more than anything Freddy should be involved in. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. It's, the whole tone is very weird to me. I, 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 I guess I, I, I guess I had expected it to be like a, a lot like the Sorry, Friday yeah. the 13th show, where we're not really related to the source material, but still has that same kind of tone. But no, this is just some, this is just some nonsense. Yes, very much so. Um, well time to push that episode out of our brains and never ever think of it again um but before we leave where can everybody find you out there on the internet gina well other than kill by kill i write about movies and television at the spool.net uh i have my own website GinaRadcliffe.com, and i am on twitter under porcelain 72 yes you are and you are a very good twitter person like you, Thank you. you're really you're up on the memes i frequently have to look up what you're talking about because <laughs> i am not a good twitter person sometimes i'm not sure either so don't worry about it <laughs> fair enough um you can find me on twitter at its raining brands and instagram at the burning clem our artwork was created by henry hall if you'd like to support trans artists and you should you can send him a commission at henryhall.design our theme song is Living in a Dream by Pseudo Echo. Rate and review us wherever you get us uh, next episode, <laughs> which is the one that Gina has been alluding to all this time. Hank's twin brother arrives, and Greta enlists him to help bump off her new husband. Meanwhile, Greta's sister and her husband drop in for a surprise visit. It sounds like Sur a sitcom. Surprise! It's Wingshauser. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, what a surprise, Gina. <laughs> Okay. Um, but until then, that's going to be on Friday. Uh, sweet dreams, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.